0: Hi, guys. Joe Mendoza, real estate broker, investor, entrepreneur here in sunny San Diego. Guys, I have a really special guest today, Mr. Tom Bragelman. Hey, now, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, guys, who of you knows about private money, investing, raising capital? Well, you're in for a treat. Mr. Bregelman, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, over... 200 million raised and funded yep we uh, uh, that we've done quite a bit over that as
1: far as uh, deals that we put together and uh,
0: yeah
1: it's been quite a quite a journey
0: over the last nine years nice nice so nine years doing this guy's he's very experienced he knows the money game like no other you know privately funding some of these deals that are out there so guys take a lot of notes you're in for a really really special treat um he's also um created or a part of the national construction lending alliance program correct yes
1: yes that's a, that's our our short-term lending program for contractors and developers yes
0: Beautiful. So maybe we could get into a little bit of that as well. He's a certified fund manager, a 30 plus year career in real estate, investing, commercial construction, land development. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. A lot of, a lot of water over the dam. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So for my guests that don't really know, Mr. Bregelman, tell us how you started and got into all this. Okay, sure. Yeah, so
1: I, like you said, I've been in it for a little over 30 years now. I started while I was in college, I bought my first, uh, it, it, it started with a mobile home, and then I went to a duplex, uh, uh, lived in one unit, and decided to uh, fix the other one up. Then I swapped units, and then the duplex next door came, came uh, open uh, for sale, and I was able to do, at that time, owner financing was a little bit more common, so I did some contract for deed financing. Uh, this was all in Minnesota up until about 10 years ago. Uh, so I, I, I did, um, I started with a couple of duplexes, then I got into more uh, fix and flip, eventually got into developments, land developments, apartments. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite Quite the journey, up until, actually up until 2008, 2009, I, I, I took a pretty good size kicking uh, like a lot of other people did. Oh yeah. Had, the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, had the opportunity to start all over again. And um, yeah, and, and then the last nine years now, I've been on the other side of the equation where it's more on the, the lending side or the passive side, so to speak. Um, I always look at it, there's the active side of the equation where somebody has a deal that they want to get funded and there's a passive side where they would like to get a good return on their money. So what, what we did, what I started doing was uh, almost like syndicating deals, bringing people together where the money and the deal come together. And, and with that, we were able to get a good business going and get a couple of uh, real estate funds going. So it's been quite the journey.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, you've been in both, it sounds like. Number one, listeners as an operator, where you're very, very hands-on. Yes. Now, you're more on the money side, more the, hey, here's the money, give me the deal, we'll fund it if it makes sense, correct?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And that's where I think, I think that's where I got a bit of a jumpstart from what uh, otherwise might have been the case, and that is really understanding what investors are looking for. On the passive side but also what what does the active investor need and what are the what are the areas that they're that are sensitive as far as any risk potential um, as far as getting the deal done on time on budget so by by being able to bring those two together i think that's been a good
0: reason for the success that we've had so you talked about a lot of different types of investments any favorites? Um, well,
1: especially right now, I like short term, shorter term, where we can get in for six months or 12 months or 18 months and help the developer do what I call forced appreciation by bringing the value of the property up. It might be through renovation of a project, single family residential, it could be a multifamily uh, or even commercial, and or it could be uh, uh, through development where it's uh, ground up construction. So. The the key is to what 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 we like is to be able to get in, fund a deal, help help the value really get increased, and then be able to share in the profits with the developer, and move on to the ne- to the next project. And so, and that's I think that's part of the reason that we've had the success we have is is that uh, there really are some pretty creative ways to structure a deal so that both the Active and the passive investor come out really well.
0: Very nice, very nice. So you do land as well?
1: Uh, yes, we do some uh, some development, some hor- what I call what we call horizontal development, where it's the infrastructure for lots, uh, residential lots mostly. And uh, then once the lots are are um, developed, so to speak, then we can we can fund the vertical construction or the construction of the building.
0: Awesome, so it doesn't sound like it's more of a asset class, but if the numbers really are juicy that's really what you're looking for
1: yes yes um, we don't we don't do any owner occupied it's only non owner occupied residential so that's really a, a, a core piece of what we do um, as far as other classes I would say we do like the uh, assisted living type of um, facilities um, but yeah with the combination of of uh, construction and eventually, in some cases, we do uh, stay in projects a little longer where we do get the cash flow from the uh, income from the property as well.
0: Very nice. Now, are there any particular states that are your favorites?
1: Um, yeah, there's, um, so we're in about a dozen states right now. We've got a number of deals in Puerto Rico and we have one really nice project in Costa Rica um, but generally speaking, um, we like the the states where the um, where it's non-judicial uh, states as far as uh, uh, being able to have quick process quicker processes. Um, with, whether it's uh, in regard to foreclosing on properties if needed, which our our goal is to absolutely do everything we can to never have to foreclose on a property. Um, with borrowers or developers, we have done it a couple of times, but I think in every case it's been a, a friendly workout. Um, but that's very few that that happens with where we
0: end up foreclosing. So some of my listeners are really, really new to the real estate game. You mm-hmm. said a buzzword, non-judicial. Please explain to some of my listeners what that is. Uh, well, it, there there are different
1: processes. As it relates to the the uh, when when a when a property is foreclosed on or when when someone needs to go through that process, um, it either gets done through the through the uh, um, through the legal system, or it can be done on on a longer path where there's a long time. Uh, there could be a right of redemption of up to six months or in some cases twelve months. Which just ends up dragging that whole process out a lot longer when it's judicial versus non-judicial where it can happen much quicker some like for instance, Texas is very, very quick on the on the turnaround time for uh, if projects aren't going as planned.
0: Right, right. I think that's very wise. I, I think that's very, very wise for you to repre- represent your investors that way mm-hmm. because right there if somebody didn't know the difference and they're all of a sudden putting this fund together syndicating a deal and they're looking at a, a, a state that has a judicial process you're absolutely correct i mean I've, I've had my real estate broker license over 20 years now and yeah short sales weren't short <laughs> <laughs> yeah and,
1: and nobody nobody wins on a deal like that i mean yeah. the- the borrower, like I say, we, we, I can't think of any case where we didn't work out a friendly takeover of a project if it didn't work, if the borrower didn't have the capacity. And so the challenge when it gets into the judicial system is it's, it's so slow, just no matter what it is, it just takes so much time. And so um, that, that's really the reason that we like that.
0: Yeah, man, Tom, I, being in the real estate business a long time I mean, I had a short sale, believe it or not, Tom, that took not two months, not three months, but three years. Wow. That was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. that, That absolutely can happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell me one of your favorite stories on one of the deals you may have acquired or collaborated on. Hmm. Boy,
1: uh, let me think here. Um, okay, so just, uh, here's a quick example of where, I, w- what I love doing is setting up, I, I feel like I'm good at the structuring part of the business where my business partner is a little bit more of the the behind the scenes, um, uh, um, administrative things. And so what I like to do is structure deals in a way where everybody comes out a winner. And so just an example of one, this, this one happens to be in Puerto Rico. It's a, it's a business where the, the business owner, restaurant owner owned the property. They were making payments to the bank. And this was right, this was about seven or eight years ago. They were making payments to the bank. Uh, everything was up to date, but the bank would not renew the loan. And so um, it ended up that, that they were advised to stop making payments and let the property go back Uh, through the foreclosure process, which they did, they continued by leasing the building from the bank that owned it. And eventually it went to a a fund that owned the property. And through that entire process, they kept the lease going. Now they, with that, they, um, they kept a really good track record, which we could see all the way through. But because of the way some of these workouts work, they were able to go back, we helped them go back to the To the fund that owned the property and negotiate a buyback of that note at a huge discount. So they were able to get the note, the property back for quite a bit less than what they actually owed on it when they lost the property. So they were super happy about that because not only did they get the property back, but we were able to get the payments substantially lower for them. So their cash flow is better. They got their property back they were able to get it back on on less cost per month for cash flow and we were able to do well because we have the profit sharing model we were able to charge a a reasonable interest rate and and get uh, a piece of the profits on the tail end and so it was a case where everybody in that equation did really well our investors did well we did well the borrowers did well because now they had their own business back and it's just it's a super good restaurant they've been there for years uh, family owned and so it was really fun to be able to cool to be able to hold help them hold their business together and really bump it up to the next level
0: very very nice congratulations
1: yeah thank you yeah and those thank deals you. are out there i mean it, it, so much of this is in the creative way of structuring deals so that everybody can win and so that all the risks are really looked at closely and, and mitigated.
0: So do you have a particular goal per month or per year on like how much funding or how many deals, or do you have any certain goals? I mean, you're at this stage of your life, you're very, very successful. Uh, you might be peeling back a little bit, but, but do you have some like really aggressive goals? Um, not, you know,
1: it's, it's really, it's more by what, what we have coming in and um you know they're just there are deals all the time coming in and we have investors that really like working with us and so that combination is really just a matter of uh um how we get how we get the deal done get the jobs done for every for everyone
0: so it's just case by case mm-hmm. yeah Good.
1: yeah Good. And, and even the projects um we're, like, I, like i say we're in about a dozen states but that's because we. We like the areas, uh, we like the projects within those areas. We like the areas. Um, so that's how, we, that's how we've selected so far.
0: Now I've seen also, I guess on your resume or the properties that you're looking for, you also included multifamily. Is that an asset class you're still looking to invest in? Uh, yes, and, and
1: what we ideally like to uh, participate in in those cases would be a repositioning or an upgrading of. Uh, of a complex or apartment units because as a lot of your listeners likely know that when rents can be increased it helps the it helps the return on investment brings up the value of the property and so um, yeah and I think eventually we're going to get into a little bit more of the hold holding where we we help the investor get in we we stand for a piece of the equity and we we stay in a bit longer.
0: Very nice. Very, very good to know (laughs) because that seems to be the biggest um, or not biggest, but most attractive asset class right now, you know, and and on the speaker circuit or the education circuit, everybody's talking about multifamily, multifamily, multifamily. Mm -hmm. Now what's, what may be like kind of your threshold as far as um, what size is there? Like, I mean, $50 50 million, 200 million, 1 billion. I mean, is there a, is there a threshold or like, ah, that's too much? That's institution money. I'm going to stay away.
1: Yeah, well, it depends on how we participate. So, in, in a couple of cases, we've we participated in deals that are in the uh, 80 to $90 million range. But what we do is we come in as so either an equity participation or some other sort of uh, lender participation alongside other lenders so uh we would not take a project down that size all all by ourselves it would be participating with others but and that's again where the creative structuring comes in being able to do it in a way where it can really be so, uh, good and solid for everyone involved um and i would just say if if some of your listeners are looking to get into multifamily it one of the biggest things the, the one piece of advice i would give is that the first time around or the second time around, uh, first couple of times around, do it with experienced people that have done it before. Um, you can leverage, there's so much more than lev- than money that you can leverage. You can lever- leverage experience, track record, um, you know, all kinds of things that will help boost you to that ne- next level uh, in investing. Not only that, but it reduces, it substantially reduces the risk factors because the partner that's very experienced that you work with, or the team members you bring on that are very experienced, they've got a lot of lessons under their belt. And, and I tell you, I'd much rather learn some of those lessons from other other people's experiences than my own. And um, even even now in the lending business, the first four or five years, in, uh, it, there were a lot of tough lessons learned. But with that, we also then create a super good-sized checklist that we can follow and we built teams and, and a lot of connections and uh, resources that we can pull together. And um, so just not, not being too concerned about doing everything alone so that you get the whole pie. Uh, I would much rather see uh, participation by a number of people creating a great solid team, pull it together that way. And, and then everybody can win.
0: I'm totally with you, Tom. I mean, this is a team sport. And for somebody just to say they have the money and not um, take into consideration the intellect to putting a deal together, stress testing it, making sure that the due diligence is done, making sure there's jobs in the area, there's growth in the area. People are moving in, not out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes a big, big difference, Tom. And thanks so much for pointing that out. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And I want to jump into maybe the other side. The ugly side or the scary side, where hey, they should partner up with somebody like you or me, and kind of bring those into the on the table. Okay, great. All right, hang on, guys. What will you do with an extra fifty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash credit? More deals, more fix and flips, more marketing or business expansion? Guys, visit Fund and Grow. Click on my website or visit fundandgrow.com backslash Joe Mendoza team for more information. Do mention Joe Mendoza show if you do call in for up to $500 off normal pricing. Need more leads? Business slowing down? Yes, I want to earn more money working less. Well, visit... Top-TierLeads.com hyphen tier backslash Joe Mendoza. Top-T-O-P-TierLeads.com backslash Joe Mendoza. Up to 20% off all plans. Do mention Joe if you do call in. Cat Cam Real Estate. Looking to buy, sell, or invest? California Broker DRE. 018-426-06. Call them at 877-794-5227. Need assistance on calls? Are you having trouble keeping up with your leads? Go ahead and reach out to Pat Live, 24 7 Live Answering Service. They are US-based virtual assistance, message taking, appointment scheduling. Call them at one eight hundred 891 2640 1800-891-2640 Looking for a hassle-free sale, pay no commissions? Reach out to my friends over at McCormick National Holdings, specializing in acquisitions both commercial and residential real estate. Feel free to call them at 760-624-8276. Again, 760 8276 Want unlimited seller leads? Call my friends over at Cole Realty Resources. Now list for open house invitations, just listed, just sold campaigns, or Facebook target audience ads. Integrate calls via slide broadcast. Mention Joe Mendoza for a huge discount. Call them at 1-800-800-3271 one 800 3271 or email them at your success at be sure to mention joe mendoza for a huge discount and now back to our show hi guys we are Back. Joe Mendoza here with the Real Estate Raw Show and Mr. Tom Bragelman, a legend in the real estate game arena, raising capital. So glad we're back, Tom. Thank you. All right. So second part, I wanted to talk about some of the real, the raw side of real estate on either raising capital or a deal that went south. Um Give me some kind of juicy story that, hey, this was a learning lesson and maybe the listeners should, hey, this is something from an experienced entrepreneur, investor, and maybe they could take away something. So tell us about a great story, a learning lesson. Okay. Um,
1: Well, so since I started on the lending side of the equation, one big lesson I got to learn was how critical it is for the borrower or the active investor to be able to perform. Uh, I had been used to doing a lot of my deals in Minnesota. Uh, I'm in uh, Northern California right now, but I had been used to doing a lot of deals in Minnesota where I had uh, the full cruise. Uh, everything was set, everything worked. And, you know, it, it, it more or less worked, uh, like clockwork, the way, the, way, the way business should. And what I found, and I learned the lessons a bit the hard way, was the, how critical it is to really suss out the active investor, the borrower side of the equation. And if, if, you're, if, you, if you are an active investor and you're on that side of the equation, this could be your ticket to getting your deals funded a lot quicker than others. And that is to prove to that, passive investor, whoever is putting the money in, prove to them that you have the capacity to get the job done on time and on budget. If you do it, if you can show that clearly, you literally will have money chasing you. But if you can't, if there are gaps in what you're sharing or gaps in what you're putting together, it's going to be really tough to to raise the capital. And so one of, just as an example, one of the one of the lessons I got to learn was this was a property in Southern California. It was a high end property, and it was it was actually in malibu and we We were working on the project. We worked with the borrower uh, she had a reasonable amount of experience based on on her uh, uh, her bio and and the background checks that we did. But what happened is she got into the project she got in deeper over her head m- more than she should have so We, this is one of the cases where we did end up working with her to do a friendly takeover where we got, got the project, um, back up and running. But in, in our clauses, uh, in our paperwork, we have very specific, um, rules and and provisions that the borrower or owner of the property does not move into the property. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, she did move into the property and she had to, so she moved in. We found out as soon as we found out, we went and we're going to figure out a way to get her to move. Well, in California, there, there are some really tough laws as far as being able to, to get people to move out, even though they were basically, even though it's a squatter sort of a a scenario. And so, and, and, and there's just a lot of liability issues. If somebody moves into a property, a, rent, a rehab property that they're working on. And in this case, we, we got it to the point where we ended up having to pay her to get her to move just because it was cheaper for us to do that than to go through the court systems and the processes that it would have taken to get her to move out. And so not only that, but when she was there, she broke her leg. Oh, geez. And so, which which was a case in point of why you just never allow people to live on a job site. And so, she ended up suing the, the insurance company. She she basically tried suing everybody she could, and and uh, didn't didn't get very far. But it just became such a nuisance. And 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 nice enough lady, but just found out that she just was in way over her head. And then, because of that, she started doing certain things that just did not did not make for a good project. To, in the end, we we did get a completed project. looked beautiful. Um, turned out very nice. We did find out this last summer though that the the guest house and the the brand new detached garage burned down in the in the in the fires that that were going on. But the house is still still there and in very good shape, I guess. So
0: so proving to their performance that probably could have avoided this whole
1: thing yes um being able to and and this this was one of the earlier projects this was probably seven years ago when we got into this one and so but i can tell you that this one project added probably 40 items to our checklist and right now we've got like a 700 item checklist that we go through for every every deal now in some cases it might go down the commercial path or the uh, residential or apartment path but altogether, it's it, it's a huge list and we just because that's that's a way to be sure that we don't forget certain things i mean lessons learned are bad but having to learn them twice <laughs> it's, it's, it's much worse. So
0: once a mistake, twice a fool, I think they say, right. Yeah, yeah Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's a, that's a really, really interesting story. And listeners, hopefully you take note, you know, it's really that due diligence, you know, working with experienced people, working with an experienced operator. Don't try and do this on your own. I mean, I, I had somebody here in, in California that I knew, um, that i heard he was kind of pumping his chest and saying he was a developer you know and that was his title and and i think one of his first deals same thing happened to him he 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 didn't have the resume he didn't have the experience mm-hmm. um and the money guys that gave him or lent him the money didn't have probably have their checklist as yeah. thorough as yours mm-hmm. yeah they ended up taking over the deal you know yeah. it was,
1: it, it, it is just so critical. And, and whether, you're, whether you're the passive investor looking to put the money in, have your checklist, have your criteria that you work off of so that you know exactly what you're getting into. Do the due diligence. I'd so much rather have somebody sit in front of their computer at their desk for days doing due diligence than to get into a project that they shouldn't have gotten into and take months and like you said, even years in some cases to get out of. So That work up front is so critical, get the work done, know exactly what you're getting into. And on the active side, if you're looking for investors to work with you, just imagine it from their perspective, put put the investors hat on, Where, where would you be skeptical? Where would you wanna see those gaps filled? Where would you wanna know that the capacity is there to get the job done? And by doing that, by really thinking through that process, you're gonna have a much better package put together that's, and you're going to be much more convinced, too, when you're talking with that passive investor that that you'll be able to answer questions and they'll be able to tell that you really know what you're doing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I would say, I guess, speaking on that topic, as you as the main person for the money, how many exit strategies do you typically like to look for? One, two, three, ten? How many? As many as possible, but always two at a minimum. There you go. Yeah. I like that. I oh, like that. Minimum. <laughs> minimum. <Yep. laughs> Listeners, you really need to know the exit strategy because you know I, I've I've met, seen, worked with one too many fix and flippers. They go to this boot camp and all they're thinking is like, hey, we are gonna have this ARV, this after repair value of X, not taking into consideration if there's like hey, permits involved or other things that might delay the process, or what time of the year it is, where weather could delay the process, and all of a sudden they thinking their ARV is 1 million, and with delay after delay after de- delay, now it's 800,000, well, they just messed it up for everybody, right?
1: Absolutely, and, and especially with the cost of money is high when you get into renovation and new construction. New construction is quite, isn't quite as bad as it was, but when, they're, when the clock is ticking, at one percent per month or twelve percent whatever the rates are eight or ten or twelve if you want time to go fast have a bunch of notes that are coming due on your properties and and time goes extremely fast Uh, so just really it it can burn up it can burn up the profits so quickly by by time being uh uh, by projects going way over time
0: all right all right great tip and so are you going to still invest in California?
1: Uh, yes, there there still are opportunities in California. Good. The strategies have changed. Um, there are. It, it really being successful in real estate. It's a matter of being able to shift with the times, shift with what is happening in the economy. So um, you. I've always said you can make money in any sort of real in any market in real estate, as long as you're on the right side of the, of the fence at the time. That's so right. um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to continue. Uh, our strategies have changed a bit, but we definitely are.
0: That's good. I would have hung up and ended this. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's totally kidding. Totally kidding. No. all over the nation. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, yeah, I'm always, it's not so much about they, they said, I guess, live where you want to live invest where it makes money. So I'm very, very open to whatever state as well. So glad yep. to see that. Glad you shared that. Let's talk. Now, you got this great book that you put together. Uh, Tell us, our listeners, Mastering Real Estate Investing with Private Money. This just launched recently, right?
1: Yeah, we haven't even really launched it yet. I, it, we got it up on Amazon about a week and a half ago. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, thank you. It's been uh, it's it's been an interesting mind game uh getting it all the way from uh from a thought to uh complete it but it's uh, but it's good i i'm i'm really i'm proud of proud
0: of what i put together i think it i think it's a good book <laughs> congratulations <laughs> tell us what's in there what's in kind of the, some of the juicy topics that are or chapters sure so uh
1: what it is it's I wrote it in a way, I, there are like two avatars or two people that I talked to in the book. One is either myself when I was starting out 30 years ago or my son right now who's starting out in real estate. So the active investor who's anxious to get going, really build a business, has a lot of energy, ambition, may not have a ton of money, may not have a, a ton of experience, but I, I, talked, I teach the active investor how to find and work with passive investors who have money. I also teach the passive investor with money, what to look for when they're teaming up with active investors. And so this model is the exact model that we've used for the last eight or nine years, where we are the facilitators of of, uh, putting the deals together for the active and passive. The nice part about this book is it shows you how to do it where there's no need for someone like me or a bank or anything like that. it allows the two parties to team up in a way where everybody can come out a winner. There is a profit sharing um, um, aspect to it, which I think is what makes it really good for both sides. It, align, it gets the alignment of interests in place. It makes deals safer, uh, more fun, easier to work with, easy, easier to put together. And so, yeah, it's really about, it teaches those two parties exactly how to work together to get their real estate done, uh, deals done. And it's done in a way. It's a seven-step process, and it goes everything from uh, finding out where exactly you best fit in the real estate investing spectrum. Then it goes into what are what are the criteria? What are the what's the strategy you want to want to start working with? The type of will it be fix and flip? Will it be buy and hold? Will it be new construction, residential? The model works with virtually any type of real estate investing. Um, then it talks so it talks about the criteria. What are, what are your rules of the game? Knowing the rules before you ever get started looking at deals. Otherwise, you're going to have a tendency to fall in love with the property before you've set your guidelines. And that, that is a dangerous thing. Don't ever fall in love with the property unless it's your own property that you're going to live in. <laughs> um, then, then we go through finding deals, uh, finding the money, finding passive investors, uh, structuring the deals in a way so the risk is, is uh, mitigated is step six. And then step seven is putting it all together. Now that the deal is funded, getting out there, getting the job done. If you're passive, what to look for, if you're active, what to show the passive investor, how to keep the deal good and solid uh, tied up all the way through to completion. And then you can rinse and repeat and
0: continue to do it again. So, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's some incredible value. You just shared and from your experience and knowing you in the industry and guys pick up the book, it's on Amazon. It's called Mastering Real Estate Investing with Private Money. And Mr. Tom Bragelman, here we are with the author as well, right? (laughs) So any last words you want to share to my audience?
1: Um, I would just reiterate the the importance of working together, collaborating. Everybody does so much better when, when we go at things with the mindset of abundance, the mindset of There's plenty out there for everybody. Don't to get caught up in this. This is my this is my little chunk. Don't anybody. I don't. I won't let anybody see it. That that just isn't the best. In my experience, isn't the best. uh, The best way to approach things. So going at it with wide open eyes, um, really looking at things pragmatically, so that you're not brought in and drawn in by the potential upside. george anton is somebody that you and i talked about right before the before this uh, uh interview and he's he was a mentor of mine and as i believe he was of yours too correct and uh, he always used to say uh, take care of the downside and the upside will take care of itself mm. which is so true just always be looking for those risks understand where the risks are and you're going to do that in a in a in a more effective way by teaming up with people who have already been down the path that you want to go down so teaming up, really understanding the risks, don't fall in love with the property, Um, be transparent, be open, uh, realize that there's plenty to go around for everybody. And it just makes everything uh, safer, more fun, more profitable, you know, just a a lot easier to do business.
0: Great, great tips there. I mean, I love that abundance mindset, win-win team play. Those were all really, really good. So listeners, I hope you play this one over and over. Write those notes down. Pick up Mr. Briegelman's book. Incredible, incredible value. Thanks so much for sharing and being a guest on our show.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, guys. Take care. Keep subscribing and keep listening. Bye-bye. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.